I'm going to go back over what we went over concerning the New Testament dealing with the tides. I believe we're understanding um, dealing with the tides, dealing in the Old Testament and what they were used for and what the purpose of the tithes were in the Old Testament. But I'm going to go back over the New Testament so we can um, talk about um, where it began in the New Testament. And we talked about it began with Jesus in the New Testament. So let's look at Matthew 5:17 through 20 again. Matthew 5:17 through verse 20. And this is Jesus teaching on the tides. And verse 17 reads, Don't think that I have come to destroy, abolish, do away with the law of Moses or the teachings of the prophets, the law and the prophets referring to the Old Testament. I have not come to destroy them, but to bring about what they said, fulfill and complete them. So what Jesus was saying here, he did not come to do away with the law or the prophets. He came to fulfill them and complete them. So what we have to understand is um, back in the Old Testament, they were up under laws. They was up under regulations, the standards of God. And we knew that they could not keep those standards. So Jesus came to fulfill what they could not fulfill. He came to complete what they could not complete. So when Jesus died on our behalf, he took the penalty of death and the curses that were coming through the law that um, based upon what we could not fulfill or keep. But this is what God gave me was an example when he said he did not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. God gave me this example. Um, first, he showed me a car battery. Y'all know when your car batteries get old and you can't use them no more, then you get rid of that battery, right? But you go buy another one, right? The battery, you done away with it, but it's still more batteries. So you still put what in your car? A battery. The old battery was done away with. Now you got a new and better battery that functions, that works. That's what Jesus is saying. He said, I didn't come to do away with it. I come to fulfill it. So let's say if our batteries in our cars wouldn't work, but after that one wouldn't work, they didn't make none no more. How will we make it in our car? Could we? Without a battery. So we still needed a battery, right? That's how it is with the law back then. He gave them those laws because they had to be different from all the other nations. They had to have standards. They had to have rules. They had to have regulations to go by when they went into these other lands and they were staying there and they were settling there. Those people had to see them as being different from the way that they were. So God showed them how to live according to his standards. And he said, if you don't live this way according to my standards, this is what's going to happen to you. So he let them know that, you know, different things would happen, like just like the tides, the regulations of the tides. If they didn't pay their tides, this is what's going to happen to your land. Your land is not going to produce. You're going to be cursed with the curse. And God put all that on them. But what Jesus did, he fulfilled what they could not fulfill because God knew they're not even going to keep these tides. They're not even going to do what I'm asking them to do with what they have in their hands, even though it belongs to me. Like I said last week, if we can really recognize and come to know that everything that we have is not ours, It belongs to God. It is for us to lift it up to him and ask him, God, what do you want us to do with what you have put in my hand? I'm the steward over your things, over the things that you have given me. So if we can get that deep down on the inside in our hearts, it will not be hard for us to let go of what we have. So that's the example that God gave me dealing with the law. He said that he didn't do away with it, but he came to fulfill it. Without having the law, the law is not for a righteous man. It's for the sinners because the law is what brings sinners to Christ. It's what, it's what let them know that they are in the need of a savior. Without the law, people would think they were living okay. So when the, when the law came, they were saying, I can't keep these laws. I need help. I can't do it myself. And this is when Jesus stepped in on our behalf. We know that's Galatians 3.24 when it says, so that the law served to us Jews as our trainer, our guardian, our guide to Christ, 
to lead us into Christ came, that we might be justified, declared righteous, put in right standard with God by and through faith. Remember when Jesus came in on the same. Jesus came in to fulfill the law. He came in to fulfill what the prophets were saying about him, about the coming Messiah. So everything that they said concerning Jesus, Jesus came to fulfill it. He was there fulfilling. And some of the things that they said has yet to be fulfilled. So Jesus was letting them know. He said, I'm here to let you know you can't keep God's laws. You can't keep um, what God wants you to do, but I can. So your dependency and your trust have to be in me and not in yourself. And that's what he was telling those Pharisees and Sadducees. When they were trying to keep the law, saying that they were keeping it, Jesus was letting saying otherwise. So let's look at Matthew 23, 23. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. This is what Jesus was telling them. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23 says... And I'm reading out the expanded Bible. How terrible for woe to you, teachers of the law, scribes and Pharisees. You are hypocrites. You give to God one tenth of pay tithes on everything you have, even on your mint deal and coming. But you don't obey. You ignore and neglect the really important teachings, the weighty matters of the law, justice, mercy and being loyal, faith, faithfulness. These are the things you should do as well as without neglecting those other things. So Jesus was telling them, he said, you should be paying your tithes, but there are other things that you're not doing that you should do. So this is what Jesus saw. He said, you showing men outer appearances. Paying those tithes is an outer thing. You want people to see that this is what you're doing. He said, but I'm looking at inward. If you do things the right way from inside, it's going to present itself on the outside without you trying to make people see what you're doing. So let's look at these words in the um, Bible where it's talking about what Jesus was saying. What he was saying was they pick and choose what they want and are willing to do and omit the rest. How many of us pick and choose what we want, but we omit the rest? And this is what he's saying when he look at justice Justice means treating our neighbors as we should, doing and saying nothing that would hurt another person, showing honor and respect to all men, never being guilty of injustice. Now, how many of us in this room can say we met that? None of us. Because we always looking at people differently, aren't we? We always judging people differently. So just like Jesus was telling them, you may be paying your tithes, But are you treating people the way they need to be treated? He said, you can't do one and don't do the other. But if you do it from the inside, see, this is where it's coming from, the heart. If if this is a heart thing and your heart is my heart, now that we up under the new covenant, a better covenant. See, Jesus was bringing that new covenant. But in order for that new covenant to come into place, Jesus had to go be with the father, right? So what Jesus did when he walked the earth, he was bringing them grace and truth. He was bringing them God's love. He was bringing them God's mercy. And he was saying, I don't want you to leave out giving. I don't want you to leave out the tithe. He said, but you're leaving out the weightier matter, the heart thing. He said this justice, meaning that treating our neighbors as we should be treating them, doing and saying nothing that would hurt another person. How many of us have said things that will hurt another person? Everybody in this room have said things that will hurt another person. Why? Because they hurt you. So you want to get them, even if it's uh, two, three months later, you still remember that hurt. And you didn't go to that person to tell that person what they said to you or what they did. But later on, you have an opportunity to go back and hurt that person, right? I'm, I'm a living witness because when um, they demoted me on the job and um, the, um, what's the name of the lady, the human resource lady, she didn't like me and I know she didn't like me and she was one of the ones that helped them to get me um, out of the place that I was in and which I knew, but it, everything just hit me all of a sudden. A, a girl was leaving on the job and I said, oh, this is my opportunity to make this home, human resource woman look bad. So I held that in just that long. And so when I began to speak out, now I was saved too. 
When I began to speak out and I said, oh, girl, I know you're glad to leave this place. I'm so happy for you. And she said, why are you still here? Oh, she just shut me down. I was coming at her, but she come back at me. So this is what I'm saying. We're supposed to treat people like we want to be treated. And the more you spend time with him, the more you spend time with God, you're not going to have a problem doing what the word of God tell you to do because you have a helper, which is the Holy Spirit. He's there to help you to fulfill what's already been fulfilled through Jesus Christ. So he's letting them know, no, you paying your tithes, but dealing with justice, mercy, and being faithful, you're not doing those things. Those are the things that come from the inside, and whatever come from the inside, it's going to show up on the outside, but you're trying to work outside in. It doesn't work like that. So just because you're giving unto the body of Christ, you're giving your tithes, you're giving your offerings, and you want people to know what you're doing, but if you're nasty, what does that mean? Nothing. So that's why we have to understand we couldn't do anything. It comes through Jesus Christ. So everything that we do is even up under this new covenant, we can't look at ourselves no more. We have to look at him and what he done and how he done it. Then the next thing that they used was we're dealing with justice and there is mercy. Showing honor, well, showing care, concern, kindness, and tenderness to all who are weak, bad, and needy, and not being hard, distanced, demanding, or cruel. Man, let me say that again. There is mercy. Showing care, concern, kindness, tenderness to all who are weak, bad, and needy, and not being hard, distanced, demanding, or cruel. Can any of us in this room meet that one? You're right, sometimes. But it shouldn't be an on and off. Because the more you with him, you got so much of compassion in you for other people, you ain't looking at how you feel no more. So this is what he was telling the Pharisees. This is what he was telling the scribes. Yeah, you paying your tithes and people seeing you doing that. With everything that you get, you using it and you're paying it. He said, where's your kindness? Where's your concern for others? Where's your mercy? Where's your justice? He said, why are you trying to hurt people? Why are you being cruel? Why are you being demanding? Why are you having all this control? He said, this is what you should be doing, not leaving the other undone. So what is Jesus saying? We should be doing all of it. And we can do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, there is faith, believing God and trusting him to fulfill his promises. How many of us meet that one? We fall short of that. So this is what I'm saying. Jesus said, I did not come to do away with the law. He said, I have come to fulfill the law. So Jesus said, I'm not doing away with God's laws, but I'm going to fulfill what you could not fulfill in keeping them because I know you cannot keep them. How many of us sometimes don't give when something pop up in our lives? How many of us have a heart to give, but when something pop up, we don't give it? Amen. But when you love the Lord, regardless of what pop up, and if you trust him and have faith and dependency on him, you ain't worrying about what pop up because you know who got your back, right? That's how it's supposed to work. So the closer you get to him, you ain't looking to you. You're looking to him who's the author and finisher of your faith. You're looking at what he has done for you and you allowing him to operate through you so people know who you belong to. And giving is a part of who he is. He has never uh, went by anybody. I don't care if it was Buddha, Muhammad. He gave his life for all of us. He was a giving God. And in order for us to do like he done, we have to partake of him. How do we partake of him? By accepting what he has done. And some of us say we have accepted what um, he has done, but we begin to talk about what somebody's asking you to give. Or we begin to say, why should I give that? Why shouldn't you? Think about it. We look at ourselves more than we look at what he's telling us to do. And that comes from a hardened heart. When our heart gets so hard, it gets so insensitive to what the Holy Spirit want us to do. And we're thinking it's okay because we are not having that compassion for this one or the compassion for that one. But God said, no. It's not okay. He said, it's not okay because whatever my word says, 
That's what I want you to do, but I want you to do it with love. I want you to do it with compassion. I don't want you to do it just because somebody told you to do it. I want you to do it because this is what you know you should be doing with no obligation, with nothing attached to it. You're saying, God, whatever you say, this is what I want to do outside of how I feel, outside of how my money look, outside of everything else. This is what I want to do, God, because you've done it for me even when I wasn't worth doing anything for. That's where we're supposed to be. And the only way you can get there is, is spending time with God. The more time you spend with him and the more you know about how much he loved you and what he done for you in spite of you, no matter what God asks you, the problem is, I'm going to tell you what the problem is. We're looking at who's asking. Don't you know that if you are in your word and God is sending someone to ask you for something, you should know that person well enough and the lifestyle they live and who they are in him, whether or not you will be willing to do it or not. That's why you need to know who's laboring amongst you. No, I wouldn't give my money to somebody that tells you this is what we're going to do and you never see it and never know where it's going. You want to make sure that they're doing things according to the word of God. And first and foremost, whatever you give and whom you give it to, that's between them and God. You done what God told you to do. If God told you to give it, you gave it. It's no longer under your control. You were obedient to what God says. So we have to understand this is a God thing. It's not about us. It's all about him. He owns everything. Everything belonged to him. And I thank God that he chose me to handle what he has given me, what he has placed in my hands. And I have to give it back and say, God, what do you want me to do with this? How do you want me to use this, God? Where do you want this to go, God? God, it ain't about me. It's about you. You know more about my life than I will ever know. You know more about who need this more than I need this. God, I got extra. What do you want me to do with this? Oh, go to the mall, buy a pocketbook. Thank you, Jesus. We didn't even give him a chance to answer. We already done made up our mind what we're going to do. Mama need a bag. Mama need a pair of shoes. Mama need some weave. Mama need some nails. Mama need the toes done. Mama need a makeover. This is mama month. And guess what? We'll stir up your flesh. I'm seeing this. It's mama month, but you come to church on Sunday and somebody asking you for something. Now you're mad. Because it's taking away something from Mama. Have y'all ever felt like that? Let's just be real. Hello? Hello? Oh, them kids done messed up something. Now I got to fix it. Can't go get that bag I wanted because you done messed up something. So (laughs) we got to learn it's not about us. It's all about him. And if our focus is more on him then it's on us. We wouldn't have a problem. So this is what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees. Everybody see you tithing. That's what you want. You want everybody to see the outside. He said, but I know what's on the inside. And these are the things that you're leaving out because I'm watching you and I know what you're doing. And we can verify this in Luke, the 11th chapter as well. And Luke, the 11th chapter. Then here's Matthew 17. And Jesus is... um about to pay the taxes, and this is what they said in Matthew 17, 24 through 27. When Jesus and his followers, they came to Capernaum, the men who who collected the temple taxes, and it said, they came to Peter, they asked, does your teacher pay the temple tax? Peter answered, yes. Peter went into the house, but before he could speak, Jesus said to him, what do you think? Now listen at this. Peter said, yes. And it said, Peter went into the house, but before he could speak, Jesus said to him, what do you think? For whom do the kings of the earth collect different kinds of taxes? So actually, Jesus was meeting Peter where he was, wasn't he? He was letting him know the very same thing that they asked Peter about him. And then he began to say in verse 26, Peter answered, other people pay the taxes from others. Jesus said to Peter, then the children or the people, citizens of the king don't have to pay taxes or exempt free. But we don't want to upset, offend these tax collectors. So go to the lake 
and fish, throw out your hook. After you catch the first fish, open his mouth and you will find a coin. And then he said, take the coin and give it to the tax collectors for you and me. So look at what Jesus was doing. The taxes had to be paid. So Jesus told them, told Peter, I want you to pay these taxes for me and for you. What are we paying today, y'all? Taxes, right? If you don't pay your taxes, what end up happening? They take your land. They take your stuff, right? Now, do y'all remember years ago, um, before you can um, get your tags, you could go to the tax office and you can pay your taxes first up there, or you can make uh, payments to pay those taxes. You didn't have to pay them all at one time. Did anybody remember that, or I'm the only one? You didn't have to pay them all at one time. You can go up there and say, okay, I'm going to pay this amount, and then they'll let you pay the next amount later because some taxes are higher dealing with where you're staying. If you're in Burgall, and, and it's higher than it is in the country, so you're going to pay more if you're in the city limits. Did y'all know that? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. You're going to pay more in the city limits. So when you go up there, you make those arrangements, but they sought us up. Y'all, now they add it all in one bill. And if you don't pay them taxes, you don't get your tags. Didn't they set us up? So they, they, wasn't, they said, oh, no, 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 ain't no more setting up nothing. If you don't pay this right here, you just don't get your tags. That's why you see some people riding around here with out-of-date tags. Because they refuse to pay them high taxes and don't care, evidently. They've been out two years, and that man over there spot them. He will spot the tags. They're out. Did you know your tags are out? He better ask the Holy Spirit, who did he ask that? Because some people these days and time is so much even the world. Don't even go ask them being nice. Did you know your tags was out? You don't know what they do to you. They might think that. Seriously. They may think the tax collectors you. They might try to kill you. We living in last days, y'all. Y'all laughing, but this is the truth. You never walk up nobody without the unction of the Holy Spirit and say, your tags are out. They, you think they don't know they tags out? You think they don't know they going to hell? Just start telling them about God's grace and God's mercy, okay? Just start telling them about God's love. So you know God loves you. And he said, oh, no, man, nothing but to love them. They already know them tags out, right? So we, so we see here that Jesus was making sure he was keeping up with the laws of the land. Now, I'm going to stop a minute, and I want to ask y'all something. I want to ask the people in here who go by Scripture, oh, no man, nothing but to love them. Now, if you go by that, answer me. But if you don't, just don't say nothing, okay? I want to ask you a question. If the Bible said, oh, no man, nothing but to love him, what does that mean? Hello? You pay whom you? Didn't you go to that man and ask for that money? Didn't you sign a contract? So why when they call in your house, you won't answer the phone? Hello, somebody? Or why people hiding stuff so they won't find it? And you sit right there in front of them and sign your John Hancock on it. But now you don't want to pay for it. Now you're talking about they too high. <laughs> they weren't too high when you went in there and got it. You love them rates. Now you want to talk the people down. That ain't grace. That ain't mercy. See, I'm hearing some quietness in this room. Now, this is another question. Some of us pay whom we owe, right? We're faithful to man. Then why are we not more faithful to God? Somebody answer that. You hold off, honey. <laughs> Teresa. Amen. Tyson?
syncretized you, taken for granted. Man will come after you. And after a while, man will leave you alone. Then when you go get something else, you know where man being the collection bureau. That, that, ain't that right? Man have a way to get you one way or another. Even when you die, they're getting you. Because people that think they're getting your, your money when you die, not to them debts, pay. So they're going to end up when y'all, this is truth right here tonight. This is truth. We put the world before we put the kingdom. But if we put the kingdom before we put the world, no matter what happens in the world, the kingdom is taken care of. Why? Because we're working together. We're not working against each other. And this is what Jesus did when he walked the earth. He was teaching them about God's love. Everything was about God's love. Everything he taught was about God's love. So Jesus was letting them know, you're trying to keep one thing, you're not keeping the other, but you think you're going to be going to heaven, a part of the kingdom, but you're not. Because you got to keep all of this, and I'm here to do what you cannot do. I'm not eliminating what should be done. I'm just fulfilling what you cannot fulfill so you can partake of what God already has for you. Isn't that a loving father? He sent someone to fulfill what we could not fulfill. So then the other scripture is Mark, the 12th chapter, 13 through 17. Mark 12, 13 through 17. And listen at this one. Later, the Jewish leaders sent some Pharisees and Herodians, a political group that supported King Herod and his family, to Jesus to trap, catch him in saying something wrong. They came to him and said, teacher, we know that you are an honest man, true, honest, sincere. You're not afraid of, concerned about what other people think about you because you pay no attention to who they are. You play no favorites. You're not impartial, aren't swayed by appearances. And you teach the truth with sincerity and honesty about God's way. Tell us, is it right, permissible, lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or not? Saying yes would anger Jews who hated Roman rule. Saying no could result in being charged. They gave Jesus a coin and he asked, whose image, whose portrait, name, inscriptions on the coins? They answered Caesar's. Ironically, the religious leaders carried coins bearing the idolatry, adulterous image of Caesar. Then Jesus said to them, give Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and give to God the things that are God's. They were amazed at what Jesus said. So Jesus was saying, give to Caesar. This represent the world. What belongs to Caesar? But give to God what belongs to God. I'm going to ask you another question. Why does God get left out? Why should God get left out? Do you think that God would uh, do away with giving, which is a part of him? Anybody? That's just God. Do you think he would let go of giving to the kingdom to satisfy people if that's who he is? Why would he do that? Why would he say Pay your taxes, but you don't have to worry about helping the kingdom. Does that sound right? Does that sound right? Do whatever you want to do with your money. Don't worry about the kingdom because I'm God. I don't need anything. No, he doesn't need anything. But he's giving you substance. He's giving you putting stuff in your hand. Why? Because he wants you to help those. That are in need. And see, this is where people get it wrong. People put this out here because they're thinking that the church is supposed to be left out. They're thinking that the world's supposed to get everything that the world wants. When new gadgets come out, go buy them. New designers, go, go buy suits, go buy pocketbooks, go buy all of this new stuff, get a new car every year, get a new house, get everything that the world has, but don't give nothing to the kingdom. Do y'all think that's God? But that's what some people say because they don't want to give, so they want other people to follow their lead and not what the word is saying. So what they do, they come in and twist the word. 
Because they don't want the people of God who's presenting truth to live off the gospel. They don't think they have a right to live off the gospel. But everybody else have a right to scratch nimbles and take your money and give it to the winner. You paying them millions of dollars if you out scratching. When you see somebody on TV with the check, you should be rejoicing with them and say, I got some of that in there. When they're holding that long check, say you should say, well, you wouldn't have it if I didn't put my money in there all that long time. Come on, y'all, let's just be real. Do we say that? Have you ever heard anybody say, when you see a million-dollar winner, you wouldn't have that if I hadn't gave you that money? But when it comes to the church, don't let us drive something different or wear something different. You couldn't wear it if I hadn't bought it. Something is wrong. Something is truly wrong, y'all. So Jesus came in and he was letting them know how things should be. He said, what belonged to Caesar belonged to Caesar. But what belonged to God belonged to God. He's not telling you to leave God out. Why would he do that? He was God. (laughs) Evidently, people don't believe the word. So let me give you another scripture too. Mark 12, 41 through 44. Listen at this. Mark 12, 41 through 44. Jesus sat near the temple, the money box, offering chests or treasury, and watched the people put in their money. Many rich people gave large sums of money. Then a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which were only worth a few cents. Calling his followers, disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow gave more than all those rich people. They gave only what they did not need out of their surplus abundance. This woman is very poor, but she gave all she had, everything she had to live on. They were in the temple and they had money boxes in that, in those temple, in the temple and people were putting money in those boxes. The reason why it was um, put in the temple and used for taxes or whatever it needed to be used for. So they would come in the temple, they would put the money in the temple. Now it's easy for people who have surplus to drop a generous offering in the box. Isn't that easy for you when you got a lot of money to give somebody something because you got a lot of it? The hard thing is when you don't have nothing to give and you throw in all. That's the hard thing. And that's what Jesus was looking at. He said, this was a poor woman. He said, who do you think that would be recognized? This poor woman. Because she didn't look at what she did not have. She was looking to me. She was depending on me. So she was willing to give all that she had because her trust was in me, not in what she had. The ones that had a lot, they could drop it in there because they had some more to depend on. Come on, let's talk, y'all. It's easy when we're asking for money and you have a lot to give. Boom, bam, you can throw it in there. But there's somebody that don't have nothing to give, but they're touched and say, I'm giving all because I trust God with everything that I have. So I don't have a problem giving my last $5 because I know who takes care of me. God is saying even the poorest people can give because they have a heart towards God. When you have a heart towards God, you're saying, I want to give something. I remember when I had the Bible bookstore, me and my husband, and I was going down to Pastor Annie George's church. And at that time, me and my husband, we didn't have much income, much money at the time, but she was so sweet. She was so giving. She didn't ask for anything. But my heart just was stirring on the inside. And I said, God, I want to give her something. And I don't have actual money to give her, but I want to give her something. Because that's where my heart was. And I would go before the Lord and say, Lord, what do I have? What can I give her? What do I have? So I had inventory 
in the Bible bookstore and I had Bibles that was $100, expensive Bible. I had about four Bibles in there that was very expensive, that genuine leather, the goatskin, the nice Bibles. And I looked at those Bibles and I took the most expensive Bibles I had and I laid them in front of her and I said, pick either one you want. See, that was, that was $100 for me for one Bible. I said, either Bible you want, you pick it, it's yours. Why? Because that was my heart. See, when you have a heart like God, it ain't about what you have. It's not about that because it don't belong to you. It's about giving to others. Did she have a Bible? Yes, she had a Bible. But God wanted her to have a better quality Bible. And I had that Bible that she needed. So if I was selfish, I would have said, hey, I got four Bibles. Got one for a hundred. Got one a little under a hundred. And it go down some more. But I believe you want that hundred dollar one. See me after service. I take cash. (laughs) Did not do that. But let me tell y'all this. After I had given her that gift. And I was saying, Lord, I thank you that we were able to give her something. And I remember it was down the road, not too far down the road. We had to pay rent for this Bible bookstore. And I said, Father, I don't know where this rent is coming from. I said, I don't have it. We stepped out on your word, but it's due. And you say, pay whom you owe, and I just don't have it. So I said, but Lord, I'm putting it in your hands. I left it alone. And I remember I went to service one Sunday, and we were sitting there and just giving the Lord thanks and everything. And Pastor Annie George walked up to me. And she said, the Lord told me to give you this. And I opened up the check, and it was the amount of rent. Y'all, let me tell you something. I didn't tell her what I needed. She had such a relationship with God, and God knew my heart towards her. That he turned her heart back towards me and I got double for what I gave him. See, we miss out on God because we get so selfish and we look at what people have instead of being obedient to what God is saying. You will never miss anything when you trust God. This widow, I guarantee you, she didn't miss anything because she gave all she had. We can't look at, you know, we write down our bills and we know how much them bills going to be every month, every two weeks. Every, we know who we owe, amen? We taking, when you get them paychecks, you know it's gone already before you cash it. Hello? Hello? Men, the wives know it's gone before you even get it. Because they done added it up. <laughs> They already know. I remember when my husband was working at Fort County, he made all that overtime. I'm saying to myself, don't even worry about it. It's gone. <laughs> he, he, he probably was smiling, going to the bank, and went to the bank, and it was empty because it was already gone. <laughs> it had to pay some stuff that you made promises from the last month. You had to catch it up. Come on, somebody. It's the truth. But when I started relying on God, y'all, I'm not going to lie about it. I remember when I would go to that very same church and it was time to pay tithes. I already made up my mind what I was going to pay every Sunday. And I had, me and my husband had it in our hand every Sunday. Nobody could change our mind because that's all you getting. And that's all we pay. But let me tell you how that will come back at you. I was ignorant. Me and my husband was ignorant when it was coming to giving. We just gave what we thought we needed to give outside. But the more we got to know him, it becomes so much a part of us, it didn't bother us when money left our hands. If it bothered you when money leave your hands, you're still not where you need to be with God. Because if money leave your hand, God is going to replenish what left your hand if he told you to give it. God will never disappoint you in what you have. But let me tell you, when I started pastoring, and Jennifer is a witness to this, we would pay our tithes, but didn't bother nobody else about paying theirs. And even when we needed money, we wouldn't take it out that we put in. But we were ignorant to the fact, but when God started teaching on tithing and letting us know about the tithe, 
then we can understand more. But what I'm saying is the more knowledge, the more understanding, the more revelation I got, the closer I got to God, I had to learn that money was not my God. I needed it, but it wasn't my God. So God just broke it down, y'all. He broke it down, and God will break you to make you. I'm going to tell y'all. He said, I'm the potter, you're the clay. God broke me down to a point, me and my husband, that only thing we could do was depend on God. And, and in the process, God was showing us faith. He was showing us how to rely on him and not money. Because when I got demoted off the job, everything that we had together depended on my money as well as his. So when my money got low, guess what? It looked like some people weren't going to get paid because the money was based on my check and his check. And it was things that was missing. Food was missing. Clothing was missing. Things were missing. And then I'm pregnant with a second child and saying, how in the world am I going to clothe myself as I get bigger? And then talking about clothing a baby. But I started getting in the word. And God started breaking me down, y'all, to the point of that when I look in the refrigerator, I had to say, what am I going to cook tonight? Because it's not here. And when my kids wanted a Happy Meal way back then, them Happy Meals were about $2 or lower than that. I couldn't even afford a Happy Meal for my child. And Jeremy, big as he was, Mama, I want to go to Mac. You ain't going to McDonald's like what I tell you. I had to go home and repent for fussing my baby out. <laughs> and then I was hurting because I'm like, God, I'm doing a work for you. And look at the situation I am in. Don't people see where I'm at? God said, but I want you to know me for you and not depend on people. And I'm going to make a way for you when the way look like it's not made. So me and my husband would come together. He said, start speaking over the things that you don't have. Open your cabinets and start declaring food in your cabinets. Open your closets and start declaring clothes for your children and clothes for you. And it did come, y'all. But God was breaking pride in us. We was getting in a humbling state. And God would not even ask, allow me to ask my daddy or my sisters or my brothers. He said, I want you to depend on me. You got to know you walk by faith and not by sight. Because if you keep, if you get it from them, you're going to look to them all the time. I want you to look to me. And people was looking at us, y'all, talking about us, didn't know the deal. Didn't know we was in a struggle, but God brought us out of that struggle. And then God had the audacity when we was in that struggle and God was delivering me from different things. God was letting me know when you're coming off your job, huh? Now, how can he ask me something like that? And I'm just barely getting by, but we was trusting God. And this is no lie. When I come off the job, y'all. He was still working, so guess what? Still got some lead way a little bit. He's still working, so we, we okay. But guess what? God fixed that too. Because he put it on his heart to come off. Now, he told me he was coming off, but I dare not tell him. Because I still had some fear. At least one of us are working, and I ain't working, but he need to stay on that job. But God brought us together, y'all, to trust him. In the good times, in the bad times, when things would break down and what money there. to And I remember the credit card people would call me and they would say, I need to know when you're paying this bill. You can't get blood out of a turnip. I would say, I wouldn't answer the phone, y'all. But the closer I got to God, this is how God told me to answer those creditors. I said, my daddy is going to pay that credit card off. Ma'am, when is your daddy going to pay the credit card off? When daddy gives me the money, I'm going to give you the money. But right now, he hasn't given it to me, so I cannot give it to you. Thank you, God, for wisdom. And guess what God did? He paid three off. Three. Because he showed me how to do it. Y'all, I was off the job then. God has a way of working things out where we don't have to figure it out. When we can trust him, y'all, with the little we had, even though me and my husband didn't have much, we still took the little we had and gave to the kingdom. We still gave. So see, people look at us now and thinking, 
How did they get this? How did they get that? I ain't giving them my money. They living better than we living. Y'all don't know where we come from. Y'all don't know what we had to do to get where we are today. You see the glory, but you don't know our story. You don't know when baby didn't have no shoes and what we had to do. You don't know when we didn't have the clothes and what we had to do to get clothes. We had to trust God for everything that we had. When the light bill was due, telephone bills was due, you had to cut off this and cut off. Well, I don't need that. I can't um, use that anymore. You had to let go of stuff that was just pleasure to you. Some of us won't let go of things like that because I need this and I need that. Who say? You are God. God want to humble us. He want to put us in a place that we can say, God, it's you that has brought me where I am. God don't want us struggling. He said the blessings of the Lord makes us rich and it adds no sorrow to it. So whatever he put in our hands, we got to know what to do with it. If he put $10 in your hand and the first thing you do is go to McDonald's, that's your God. Instead of saying, God, I have an extra $10. What you want me to do with this? Well, I would like for you to give Sister Deborah five because she needs some gas in her car. Okay. Here's Sister Deborah. And then she say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And the devil all in your head. Now, what you going to do with five dollars? Hallelujah, Lord. I praise you that this is more than enough. To do with what you will have for me to do. So you're giving him glory over what you have. Then the next thing that you know, somebody say next day. Next day day you get a knock on your door. And say, God told me to stop by and bless you. Give you an envelope. And you just say, well, thank you. Put the envelope, lay it aside. Not even knowing what's in the envelope. Go back and say, oh, forgot about the envelope. Let me see what's in here. Five $100 bills. Why? Because you did what God, God will not leave you out when you take what he's put in your hands and you be faithful over. Them $2 is not yours tonight. That money belonged to God. Everything you get in your hand, this woman that had the little mite, that was all she had. She was poor. She was destitute. But she said, my dependency is on God, not this money. This money is not going to be my God. So she took what she had and she gave it to God. And these are the scriptures that back up. Matthew 6.21, listen at this. Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And look at Matthew 6.33, y'all, we are so used to this one. Seek first, be concerned about all else with. Seek first, be concerned about all else with God's kingdom and what God wants, his righteousness. Then all your other needs will be met as well. These things will be given to you. Do we realize what that scripture says? Seek first, seek first, seek first the kingdom, God's way of doing things and all these other things, other needs will be added. What? Unto you, when we seek in him first, when we're taking what we have, and y'all, it is so easy to help people when you have it. It's so easy to, to say, come on, girl, I got you. I'm going to feed you. Then a week later, you can't even feed yourself. It's easy when you got it in the bank. But when the bank run low, Can you get the same ones that you fed before? And say, come on, girl. Yes, you can. Come on, girl, let's go to McDonald's. You get a dollar tea, I get a dollar tea. You get a dollar burger, I get a dollar burger. And I still have a little bit of change. Glory. You shouldn't change because of your money. 
Your money should not be your God. God is your God. Don't change your giving because your money change. Deuteronomy 16 verse 17 says this. Deuteronomy 16 verse 17. Every man shall give as he is able. According to the blessings of the Lord your God which he has given you. Let me read that again. Every man shall give as he is able. According to the blessing of the Lord your God which he has given you. We give as is as we're able. Every household don't make the same thing, y'all. But we give as we're able. This is why a burden that's put on people is putting an amount on a person that ain't where somebody else is. That's why he wants you to give from the heart. Because everybody cannot give the same amount. Don't even look at what somebody else gave and you trying to give it because they gave it. God, don't look at that. God know what you can do even before you knew you can do it. That's why he said, check in with the kingdom. He said, check in with the kingdom. And when you check in with the kingdom and God tell you to give it, women, your husband will come into alignment. Men, if God tell you to give it, your wife will come into alignment. Because God is not about confusion. He's about peace. So if God is telling you something and it is God, the house is going to come into alignment with it. And if the house don't come into alignment, you go back to the kingdom and say, God, I know what you said, but he ain't acting right. She ain't acting right. But I know what you said. So hold Holy Spirit, you got to help me with this one because you told me. And guess what he'll do? He'll turn the heart of that man or that woman towards the kingdom because your heart was right. And he's not going to have nobody missing out. Why? Because that's love. Y'all, giving is about love. Giving is about love. God has given me this illustration. You know how when your, your child was in kindergarten and you're sending them to kindergarten and um, before it was like preschool, right? But I'm going to go to kindergarten. First day of kindergarten, your child is so small and your child go in the classroom and you peep through the window and you observing your child in kindergarten for the first day. And you're looking at the kids around the table and you got one child and that child pulls out some gum. And that child is sharing gum with everybody except your child. How you feel. And you see your child sitting there like this. With their head down. Because everybody, he shared with everybody except your child. What if God shared with everybody except you? How would that make you feel? But he didn't do that, did he? He gave his life for all of us. So why aren't we giving our lives for everybody? No matter what they do or how they do it, we share him with them. And if God say give it, we give it. And let me tell you, I'm going to have to repent, y'all, because the Lord is reminding me of this. It's somewhere down there in Wilmington is um, where you're crossing over to go to Target's, that area, New Center Drive. You always see people. Well, they say that's the drug corner. People be begging right there, right? Be walking, getting money, right? Want to ask for money all the time. So you really got to be in the spirit <laughs> to know whether or not to give it to them, Right? So one day, we were on our way to uh, go to Target's, and I saw this little guy, and he making it, trying to go to each car and everything, and my husband said, should we stop? I said, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, not today. That's what I said. Went on to Target's, and we stayed in there not too long. Come out, the same little guy, he was at Target's at our car. All them cars. (laughs) Y'all, it wasn't a BMW. All them cars. And he come walking up and I'm facing him. Ma'am, ma'am, wait a minute, ma'am. Wait, wait a minute, ma'am. Wait a minute, ma'am. 
I was waiting a minute because I was at my car. He said, ma'am, he said, I just need a, a broom and a dustpan. And in my mind, I'm like, what is a druggie going to do with a broom and a dustpan? <laughs> That's my mindset, y'all. I'm thinking drugs. But then the Holy Spirit reminded me. It was just like a total hush. And he said, I just need a broom and dustpan for my home. He said, I finally got my own apartment. And he said, I'll take out the picture. I got new floors in it, new hardwood floors. I'll take out the picture. I'll show you my hardwood floors. I'm just excited that I got some. I said, no, you don't have to do that. So my husband said, come on, we'll go in the store and get your broom and get your stuff. So when he come back out, I was already in the car. He said, thank you so much, ma'am, for this. Thank you so much. Y'all almost mailed it. I had to repent. Because my thinking was wrong. That's why we really got to hear the Holy Spirit. Was I looking for anything back because of a broom and dustpan? No. I wasn't saying, okay, now I done gave you that broom and dustpan, so this is what I expect. No, 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 no. You are so welcome because I guarantee you we'll meet him again. Or I guarantee you in his conversation, he'll say, these people gave me this. And what did he tell you, honey? He said, you used to be a thief. It's better to ask. He knew where he was. So we can all make a... This is why kingdom needs your money. Because we're here to help people that are in need when God wants us to help them. And if we don't have the resources, if outreach don't have the resources to outreach, how can we outreach? But people say... You don't need to pay your tithe. You don't need to go to Piggly Wiggly four times a day, but you go. You don't need to be in the mall. You don't need to be buying hair and nails, but you, 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 um, what's the man's name? Buddha. Buddha is a, um, a statue. He can't even talk, but Buddha getting paid. They even giving fruit to Buddha and you paying for the fruit when you get your nails done. Hello, somebody. They ain't ashamed to put Buddha out there with fruit around Buddha. Burning incense to Buddha. Put stuff up there because they said Buddha is bringing them in some people. It's because of Buddha. But when it comes to God and the kingdom, people are not that generous. People can pay up to $100 to get some nails done. You can. You get them feet and them nails done all at one time and they ring that up. What? You better rub them feet some more. For that price, I'm going to stay in here. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. That's too much. But you enjoy it. Even we go get massages. Let men and women rub on you. Married folk. Let me tell you what I did. Somebody gave me a massage thing years ago. I ain't getting no massage. Ain't nobody going to be rubbing all over me and I'm laying there and they ain't getting rubbing all over me. No. That my husband can rub all over me. Tell about a masseuse. He better learn how to massage good. So let me tell you what I did. I was ignorant back then. So I gave it to him. I said, you go going to get you a massage, right? Y'all. When he went in there to get the massage and I backed out because I was going to hang around until he got it, the Holy Spirit began to speak. You didn't want them to rub on you. And you letting them rub on him. Oh, Jesus. Help me, Holy Ghost. I bind that in Jesus. He better come on up out of there. Why he in there so long? Then I got pictures with the lights out. Candles burning. Woo, y'all, I was doing some rebuking. Won't happen again. You better know who's rubbing on you. You better know the Holy Spirit is giving you permission. And men is like this. I'm going to help you men out. I don't want no man rubbing on me. I want a woman. I bet you do. 
Won't happen, Captain. Mm-hmm. Be rubbing something else down and something else. Uh-huh. No. Won't happen. But we get money for that. Hello, somebody. I'm tired. I had a long week. I need a massage. Then when it's time to come into church and participate in something, I ain't got it. We kingdom people, y'all. And we're here to help one another. Amen. So we're going to continue on the teaching with the tithe. And Jesus, I got more scriptures dealing with what Jesus talked about giving. Y'all, Jesus talked about giving. He didn't omit that. Don't let people fool you. It's still in the Bible. He didn't take it out the Bible. He just took out them curses that go along with it. And what is not going to happen if you don't do it? Jesus fulfilled that. It was fulfilled in him. He's not telling you not to give. Don't let people twist you like that. And I'm not just saying it because I'm a pastor, y'all, because God taught me. And I want to teach you. Amen. Now, for a few minutes, what did anybody learn so far about tithing? Can you come up quickly, 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 and we'll close out after that. Anybody? Okay. Okay. Amen. Well, thank you. Amen. So we give to the world our what? Taxes. Whatever's due to the world, but we give to God what belongs to. We don't want to leave who out. And it's not about me. It's about. So don't worry about me. Do what God tell you to do and you'll be all right. Amen. I'm going to use this example. When we go in the pig, you do not find a manager or the one that's over piggly wiggly and say, I'm getting ready to get some groceries. Now, after I give you my money, I want you to send me a form so I can deduct this from my taxes to know where my money is going. Have anybody went back to Piggly Wiggly or the mall or any of these folks and the people you order from online? Have you went back to them and asked them where the money, where's the money going? Anybody in here? I don't think so. So answer the question. Why are people so worried about when you give to the church, where your money going? Can I have an answer? Say what, Jennifer? Anybody else? Nobody want to answer that question? No. Nobody want to talk now. Why? But you can't even look at him blessing you more. You already blessed. And guess what? You already won. Because you're not dead. Jesus won the victory already. God has already blessed us. If we never do nothing, he's already blessed us. We do it because we know he loves us and we love him. We don't give to get, y'all. It's, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. But when we do like his word tells us to do, we just open up what's already done. It's just as simple as that. 
So you don't always look for anything when you're doing stuff for others or for the kingdom. You know that you already have it because God already promised it. And that should make you want to give more. Because if I see somebody in need and I know they're in need, why would I walk by them and say, Barbara, I just saw somebody over there and I told them about you. (laughs) And I told them that you could go and Hook up that flower bed for them because I believe you can. What make me any different from Barbara? It's the heart of the heart. And also that the Pharisees, how they was, you know, doing things to show what they recognize. Mm-hmm. When we met that guy, we did not tell who we were, we didn't tell our name, we didn't tell our nothing. We didn't share that with him. And you don't have to. But the reason why is because of the anointing, because of what was following him. It was the glory of God. We didn't have to open our mouth. He'd done all the talking. If, if he had committed a robber, he would have told us. <laughs> For real. Because people know your heart. Now, like I said, all those cars in that parking lot, he found the one that passed by him. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Walk right up to it. And it was hot. Do we have anything else before we dismiss? Can we have the deacons to come up at this time? I just pray that everybody is learning something through the teaching and don't let people say, she's teaching on that because she wants your money. If I didn't get it before I taught you and you already knew, hey, God got the chance.